0: This podcast will contain spoilers for all aired episodes of HBO's Game of Thrones, and all published books in George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series. As, you know, as obsequious as he is, he'd probably have something to say about Loras being jailed if he was still around. My, my, my son is
1: gay? Nonsense. Nonsense.
0: <laughs> Welcome to the Vassals of King's Grave Dragoncast Edition. We're back this week to review the fourth episode of Game of Thrones Season 5, Sons of the Harpy. My name is Zach, also known as Alias in the podcast of Ice and Fire Forums, and joining me for this review, we have...
2: Adam, also known as Drowned Snow, on the forums.
0: Matt, Varley
3: on the forums. Bane, is your shiner in the forums. And this is Paul, also known as Podsplay.
0: And there you go. We only have about, I think, yeah, five people this time around, probably less than you'd, you'd come to expect of a Dragoncast this far in the season, but yeah, we've got a few people that could... Couldn't make it tonight, so it will be a smaller council gathering here. As I was kind of saying as we were talking before the show started, it's uh, it's about a little bit more than you'd want on a normal podcast, but we'll see what we can do <laughs> with that. Um, So yeah, let's go ahead and start with you, Adam. What did you make of this episode?
2: Um, I really enjoyed it, actually. I think initially I probably would have given it like a 4, but I think I'm going to bump that up like a 4.25. I thought it was a really, really good episode. There were a lot of good scenes. There were a couple of a couple things we'll talk about later that i really didn't like but uh
4: like that ending that ending was great cool i think i gave it like 4.5 on the uh forums i really liked it there's a few things i didn't like the dorn animation i did not like mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um just one city yeah 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 i know <laughs> But other than that, I thought it was a really good uh, episode, and it's, again, it's going off into a place where I don't know, and I'm looking forward to see where it goes. All right, you Bing?
5: Um, I'm, I think I'm giving it 4.25. I, I loved most of it, and some of the scenes were really great. Um, I think the scene I really hated the most were the Sand Snake scene.
0: Yeah. Which,
5: which was just a, yeah. I think <laughs> it's not just the change, it's just poor writing.
0: And poor directing and just scenery, too. Yeah, we'll get into that. But yeah, that was my biggest gripe as well.
5: But yeah, the rest of it I actually really liked.
3: All
0: right. And Paul? Okay, after thinking long and
3: hard, my tabulations have let me know that this episode was rated a four. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Nothing nothing that special. At first, I was pretty bummed about the ending, but I've come around to it a little bit. Overall, enjoyed a lot of what was going on, but
0: not that great. Sure. I think for me, it, it probably was the weakest episode for me. It was the first one for me where I, there were things that I genuinely just didn't like straight up, and, and it is mainly that that sand snake scene that we'll, 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 of course, talk about later. That is my biggest gripe for sure, and, and for that alone, it, it drops it a fair bit. I just was I was thoroughly disappointed with that on many levels. And, and for the most part, yeah, there was some good stuff in there, some, some genuinely really good stuff. I didn't have a problem with the end I know that a lot of people were kind of bothered by it for whatever reason that, again, we'll get into. But yeah, I, I, th- I thought it was generally a, a pretty decent episode, so for that reason, I'd give it, you know, like a 3.5 lemon cakes. Let's go ahead and jump in here to our first scene. We'll be starting with, with the scene that opens, of course, in, uh, I guess, the shores of Volantis, where Jorah Mormont... Uh, you know, sucker punches the fisherman, steals his boat, but leaves gold behind as as a gentleman does. Even though I'm sure he, I'm sure if he had really wanted to, he he, he could have probably just bought the boat from the guy if he had the money. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, he takes off with Tyrion. Of course, we saw him kidnapping him last episode, and they they're they're headed toward um, Uh We know that now. He reveals that if it wasn't if it wasn't clear previously, he's off to Queen Daenerys Targaryen, not Queen Cersei Lannister. So, what did you guys think of this part? Nah. Yeah. okay
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah I mean it wasn't spectacular, but it wasn't
0: completely worthless. Yeah, I I I think they're doing a pretty good job. There's this whole issue of managing the the pacing of Tyrion's progress, because of course every episode we need Tyrion, because he's Tyrion, right? He's a big important, big deal. And I think they've done a a pretty solid job. It's definitely moving faster than the books, I think. I think that obviously they're going to end up at at a Marine by the end of the season, and, and probably much earlier than that, or at least a bit earlier than that so they can have their big rising fighting pits moment at the end, and I think they're doing a pretty good job. I think that it's cool to see him interacting with new people, of course, first with Obviously that's not really new, but it's kind of a new sort of one-on-one, especially with how things have changed with them and now with Jorah. And, and you know that's always cool when we have two characters that have been acting in isolation for so long finally meet up and and it was pretty pretty cool to see them interacting. I, I did like I did like uh first of all Tyrion's I, it was the reigns of Castamere he was he was muffling uh out of the of the, the binding on his mouth, right? That's what I was getting from that.
2: I yeah. couldn't make it out.
0: Oh yeah, yeah I couldn't yeah. make it out either. I just assume it's the reigns of Castamere at this point. <laughs> I think so
2: that's, that's the that's song in that. Westeros.
0: Yeah, the only song. Song what is I, I, I yeah, like the it's first bad. two things
4: that he says are who are you
0: do you have one? Yeah, <laughs> of course. Keeping up with with Tyrion's attitude thus far in the season, and and I like that he was able to deduce so quickly that that Jorah was Jorah. Um, I think that suits his character, and I think there were sufficient clues to give yep. that away. Yeah, yeah. Necessary exposition. Yeah, that's. I think that's a that's a good way of of thinking of this episode as a whole. There was a lot of exposition type stuff. Some of it not not presented in the most compelling way, but I but I don't think this is a, a you know an offender in that department. I thought it was a pretty cool you know way of getting this stuff going and and seeing what's going to happen next but yeah it's pretty much just building toward the next thing it's not really that awesome in isolation
3: so having grown up on bear island we can assume that jorah is good with boats and stuff since they're on an island but do you think it's any at all realistic that one guy could sail his little boat all the way to Marine yeah.
0: uh, well if Gendry can do it uh, anyone can do it yeah
5: <laughs> uh, I'm not sure they're going to go straight to a Marine yeah, uh,
2: yeah. he's, stay- he's going to stay along the coast I mean, well, oh yeah right? I mean
0: we've gotten so many of these hints through this season that something is going on with Grayscale which yeah. you know more yeah. in this episode too so I think that that, of course even including the previews that that, that is going to come up I think the, that little bit that we get in the books you would assume yeah I think that, yeah. they yeah.
5: talk yeah. way too much about Grayscale they see <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah. It, it would be I so weird know. if it was just there was no nothing it was building toward and i think yeah we're gonna get some stone men pretty soon here which will be yeah, a nice does, break in the boat right at this <laughs> point they
2: kind of have to right like they're beyond they're beyond the point where like they'd set things up in the first season or two and then never go yeah. back to it yeah. like now whatever they're putting out like they need to use quickly
4: yeah i mean yeah doesn't sanus isn't... mention the stone men by name yes. he does yeah, yeah. And he
3: relocated them to the ruins of, Valeria
4: instead yeah, of the
0: yeah, that's interesting that they're there. Um, I guess, are we going to see Valyria? <laughs> that's pretty... It'll uh, be, I guess, pretty cool to see how they're going to represent Valyria in the show. Obviously it's this this thing far off in the distance we're always speculating about, but I guess we're going to see it in some capacity, so... Tyrion will find his long-lost uncle. Yeah, he'll finally oh, yeah, find Valyrian. Right. <laughs> find
5: his, find his Valyrian sword. Family of Valerian. Yeah,
0: bright war- war. yeah, Bright War and, Garion, and uh and what's, what's the other Lannister that's missing? Um, obviously he's there, Ty- too. Thailand? Oh uh, God! We shouldn't have done little this, bit? Tyra Lannister. You'll yeah. <laughs> right, okay. be there too, of course. Um, yeah. In terms of, of whether or not it was believable with him sailing, I don't, I don't know anything about sailing. It, it did feel pretty casual. It seemed like a pretty laid back rudder management there but I don't know anything. All right, so let's go ahead and move to another scene with a boat, which is another boat that is not Gendry's boat. They were definitely teasing us with that, and obviously no fruition still with Gendry. Um, we, we have Jamie and Braun heading towards Doran on their boat, talking about, about their plans and, and their lack of plans, as the case may be, as they approach, and about, you know, various things like war and, and uh, if this is going to end badly for them, because Jamie Lannister is so obvious. I think he gave uh, Tarth a little long-full look, like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh-huh yeah, <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> that was definitely what was going on there yeah oh, lots of sapphires that. over
0: there there's the sapphires. also dornish girls are fuck mad
2: yeah <laughs>
3: <laughs> they've really been reduced as a culture yeah. to that one stereotype
0: but I think that's brawn though I think that was more establishing mm-hmm. brawn as a character right um, it was like you know this is Brown again. We're reintroducing ourselves to his his crude and and lewd attitude toward things. So I think that that was kind of part of what was going on. But yeah, I think it, it was kind of a weird moment. I agree. It was like weird. Like that, that's not all Dornish people are, but they should have had Bronn say "Tha'pier." <laughs> yeah, fa- <laughs> Tha'pier. Good evening. Hey. Hello. Welcome. Howdy. All right. So we have Alex, A.K.A. Lucky Charm, joining us. Um, what did you think of the episode, Alex? Uh.
1: I believe I gave it 3 lemon cakes on the forums. I was quite I was quite pleased with the previous 3. There were I thought there were a few blunders in this episode, but We'll get into that cool
0: all right so let's move to the part where they finally arrive on the on the uh, I don't know the Darnish coast I guess I don't know where mm-hmm. this is and 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 Jamie wakes up to a, to a viper that's a viper yeah trying to kill him <laughs> not a snake and and braun helps him out there and then they are talking about um how they want to die Jamie oh, yeah. ja- <laughs> Jamie <laughs> mentions that he wants to die and uh, the woman he loves arms and yeah we all know who that is and, and Bron wants to die a boring death because his life is so exciting which is weirdly Echoing Tyrion in my mind. Oh, I, I missed it. Actually, he does. I thought this was interesting that you know he, they talk about Tyrion and, and Bron seems to think of him. Semi fondly, and, and Jamie says that he would kill him on sight. Did you guys buy that from Jamie? He'd no. split him in two. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Yeah, I, I'm not really buying it. I think that he still loves loves Tyrion. He's just putting on a front to, to try to live yeah, up he, to the expectations of everyone.
2: He has. He has to, right? Well, in front of Braun though. But everything's also out more out in the open, right? Like everyone's. Like, oh yeah, you know, y- you let Tyrion go, right? And your sister knows that too, right? Like, it's it's very different.
0: Yeah, I, I suspect it's it's him trying to convince himself. I don't I don't think. He believes it, though. I don't think right. he's really, he would really kill Tyrion if they met up. I don't know if they're going to meet up. <laughs> I guess maybe this is a hint they might. Alright, so yeah, we, we, we head to the coast, and uh, they're ambushed by a few Dornish men. Jamie says that that he can only take one slow, and Bronn offers him that that option. <laughs> he sets it up for him, and and he's able to take him down with the help of his surprisingly, I guess not so surprisingly helpful, um, Iron Fist. It, 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 uh, it does help him get the job done. I noticed um, that the uh, coast of uh,
3: Dorne think. looks very much like
0: the coast of lake michigan the
3: <laughs> of the I didn't that, yeah. Id- identical and the other thing i was noticing is how did jamie put a glove on his gold hand which its fingers aren't separated that was weird but that's just a little yeah, nitpick
0: he had how a d- handmade
2: hand
4: for that <laughs> for that's
2: a made glove. He's, he's like captain hook he's got many hands
4: Mm. nice. They mention dolphins and sharks in the scene? Yep, they do. And sharks <laughs> Do you sharks... think dolf- dolphins would like, you know, do you think uh, FT Ward, you know, those are along the lines of potatoes?
0: Mm, well, dolphins mm. or sharks, they do actually explicitly mention them in the the Dornish part of the World of Ice and Fire. I don't know about dolphins, but sharks, <laughs> they're legit. <sighs> Nothing to complain yeah. about there. <laughs> but but they are well, in the Dorn Yeah. They are in Dorne. I mean, obviously. <laughs>
5: but the, the, the Dornish men said they aren't there are no sharks in Dorne.
0: Oh well, I mean, yeah, they're not. I don't know how close they're. I guess it was this. It was the the, the world of ice and fire says the south of Dorne, like that's where the krakens and sharks. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I I love the names that that, that they came up with. That Bronn came up with, Cooper and and Darnell. <laughs> and yeah. So- and you have to think that would sandwich. mean
3: something to the writers that picked those ones, because that's so such an odd
0: thing to pick. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think it sounds really funny. It's, it's, I hope they keep up with that, those, those, those uh, aliases. It's another kind of uh, uneventful scene. The big thing that is... Oh, I mean eventful, I guess. But what it's establishing is that they're moving very slowly, very conspicuously. Jamie's kind of useless. It feels like. I mean, he can do some things, but he can't. He can't do much. He can't dig the pits, which it was weird to me. It's he seems. I don't know. Just just very like. Uh, oh, I can't do that. Um, I'm totally useless. I don't think he'd want to be putting on that front. I feel like he'd be trying to make himself as use- useful as possible. A bit more self pitying than we'd think. Yeah, that, that's a good way of
4: putting it. Yeah. I like uh, Little throw- throwaway line that he had a good teacher
0: mentioning uh, mentioning himself <laughs> yeah that was good yeah that was classic Braun right there and it's cool to obviously see him in action again okay,
3: on, on the fashion front
0: I'd say Jamie and
3: Braun chose the worst thing to wear in Dorn. tight leather clothes yeah. <laughs> all, and just look at they're going all for the glamour shots instead of being functional.
0: Yeah, well if they're gonna if they're gonna start impersonating Darkstar, they need to be pretty glamorous, I think so.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Did anyone else think that some of
0: the the panorama shots made
1: Dorn the Dornish coast a bit too forested? When Jamie is falling down like the sand dune or whatever, there's just like this lush forest in the background it's very... Yeah.
2: It it didn't feel Dornish.
1: Yeah
0: but you know
2: what they're you know, they're kinda limited, so I'll oh,
0: forgive it. Where is Dorn being filmed? Do we know where is Spain? Spain. 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 Also, I guess. Well,
1: apparently, I this the this mix. sequence was filmed in Northern Ireland. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. Because yeah, I, I think.
5: Yeah. I think they're just filming in Sevilla for the uh, for, for the water garden and uh, I, I don't know Sunspear are we going to see Sunspear we just see Dorne
0: yeah I don't know I, I think that that was kind of what was more jarring for me with the sand snake scene which I think yeah let's go ahead and move to that that's the next thing that happens in, the, in this part in Dorne I, this was what jarred me partially is the fact that it just didn't feel like a place in Dorne it felt like I don't know it just felt weird that they were meeting in the middle of some the Caribbean some, yeah just the yeah. middle of this like random place with a tap- tarp
4: <laughs> yeah
0: so, so yeah so, like the worst campsite ever. Yeah. So this was the, the my least favorite scene of the episode. They're I'm all like, so hardcore. Yeah. They're so yeah. badass. Yeah, <laughs> sense. Which which you know, I mean, they're pretty cheesy in the books too. But still, God, I, I, I mean, this is probably my least favorite. One of my least favorite scenes in Game of Thrones as a whole. It just felt so mm. cheesy over and the so top. over yeah. the top and just awkward and weird and yeah. Well, just, and, and and it doesn't even make sense, right? Like
2: they got this guy who who comes and gives them information which they need and they got um, like yeah yeah like scorpions i'm gonna throw my spear at him like the next guy's not gonna give you information once (laughs) that gets out you're giving
1: no incentive for future informants (laughs) yeah like you
2: would have thought this already would have happened at some point and this guy would have known better and kept his mouth shut but
0: i mean i would have been in it if it had just been the scorpions but the spear is just a step too far i think (laughs)
2: yeah yeah exactly like a little torture or whatever send the guy on his way with a few bucks and you know a story and he's you know crapped his pants but you know you kill him and well you know, he's got so a whole ship room. he's got a whole ship full of people that are going to be like what the heck happened
0: I mean it's I mean it's obviously meant to set up I guess a cool trailer shot but like the, it's so weird to think about them like taking the time to bury him <laughs> to yeah, so long to dig such a big hole <laughs> and to we put a bucket over his head yeah. just for this
2: theatrical
0: <laughs> reveal where she whips <laughs>
2: they needed like some servants nearby that were like had some shovels that look like clearly had done the work yeah <laughs> it was strange there's lots of well here. you know there was so much sun they didn't want him to, to die from the heat right yeah they had that, to end. You know, they're being kind they
5: have, to, they have to become themselves with their spear for the skull
0: yeah, they had to have their big exposition moment, which was incredibly strange. I mean, this this is a direct thing from the books that Obara tells this story, but it was just yeah. the weirdest way of representing it. And I I don't think Obara's act actress is bad or anything. It just it was it was just so weirdly delivered and weirdly set up. Like, do you want to join in? Let me tell you this long story about my origins. <laughs> no. Yeah, it, like, it seemed like an info dump.
4: I mean, yeah, you could have there's, just said yes.
5: Yeah. There's no way to make any of these lines act good, and and that's it's it's just ridiculous. It's it doesn't fit with the rest of the episode as, as well yeah. these characters don't belong in this world it feels like
0: they just don't fit and they're just not interesting so far I mean I, I don't want to judge too harshly on this because again like we're not we're not we haven't seen everything with the with the sand snakes right. and they could get better but this scene in particular just they didn't feel like interesting characters at all nothing about them made me think oh these are awesome you know O'Bear- O'Baron's daughters that have all kind of unique cool skill sets <laughs> I just I, I don't know I just was totally unengaged by them this? They certainly had peculiar boots with the curly toes and high heels
3: <laughs> in sand. Yeah, and the their insides. whole
0: costume was just uh, I don't know. Do they do some very disconnected. Yeah, it, it was just not the greatest of scenes, and I, I just it doesn't feel like they're, they're much of a threat right now. I guess they're going to be a threat to Jamie and Bronn, but otherwise they just don't seem they don't seem to have the, the political push that that, that, that they may yeah, have had. They have literally, literally four, nowhere. Exactly, like, exactly. They
5: have literally four people. Are you going to yeah. fight the entire west like the the rest of the country with four people?
0: It's <laughs> like.
2: They took a camping trip to Joshua Tree and they're like, we're really gonna fix things. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <laughs> That's perfect.
0: Yeah. I it just they don't seem threatening at all to me right now. But yeah, we've harped on this enough.
1: Well the content of the scene is kind of goofy. The opening shot of Alaria clad in black riding down the gr- the Dornish coast is impeccably shot
0: that's I mean. true that was a pretty solid one yeah alright so let's go ahead and move to King's Landing where we open with with this scene in the small council where Mace Tyrell is told that he's going off to Braavos with Meryn Trant as escort to negotiate with the Iron Bank was he you know? just too goofy in the scene yeah i mean that's him right that's, that's the portrayal the yeah, yeah he, he's an oaf that's- and I, that, that's fitting right that's seems to fit
4: i don't know like he's like the tyrells could pay and then if the crown doesn't pay i'll have words with my daughter and it's like <laughs> what stop he's the best yeah.
0: he's awesome and he's like ooh, i get my own king's card Ooh. <laughs> yeah i love the way the he only rolls one that we know other than jamie yeah. Well then we do get a couple of guys talking as Kingsguard in the in the scene later with Tom and then we don't know who they are. <laughs> they do get to speak at least. Of course we have to mention with Mace Tyrell, and this is and Marin Trant, it's obviously seems to be setting up some kind of confrontation with Arya in future with Trant, of course, still being on her list. We'll have to see yeah, hopefully.
4: One thing I wanted to add is I had a little time at work today, so I freeze-framed the little finger letter, and yeah. <laughs> what I was able to make out was uh, to be a further blank, 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 my establishment. I don't know what that means, but, <laughs> you know. Was he
0: talking about his whorehouse in the letter? <laughs> Just yeah, I guess he... so. <laughs> all right i don't know that doesn't work out well for him as we'll soon see do we Cer- think that cersei was planning to
3: have mary trant like eliminate
0: mace Tyrell or just like hold him hostage or like i don't know with cersei at this point what her plan was i i think that she i i my opinion is well i guess it's weird because I, I assume that she thinks of, Mare, of mace as ineffectual so why would she think that he would have any chance of of making the iron bank be convinced of anything
3: yeah it was just to get him away and like show marjorie
0: i can yeah. take your people off the board i think that was the primary motivation and it shows kind of cersei short-sightedness that she's not taking the iron being seriously it is the same being true of course in the books
4: well i think he, she's just trying to like remove him so she can bring down Marjorie. so yeah i mean he might be ineffectual but he still has a big-ass army Very so true. you know when his son is uh jailed and Marjorie's jailed and he can't just come back from
0: Bravos immediately to lead an army. Yeah, he would probably, as, you know, as obsequious as he is, he'd probably have something to say about Loras being jailed if he was still around. My, my, my son is gay?
4: Nonsense, nonsense.
0: <laughs> but yeah, the next big thing we get, of course, is Cersei talking with the High Sparrow and, and pretty much giving him permission to to rearm the faith, you know, re reestablish the faith militant. She She's down for this, obviously, with the intention of, of getting Loras in trouble, which, of course, by proxy will get Marjorie in trouble as well and uh yeah <laughs> maybe not the best move
4: did you find it weird that the time. uh high septon doesn't like the taste of wine
0: um <laughs> who doesn't like the taste of wine well, i think it fits well, with like, his like aesthetic personality bad. right it's
4: what, what else do they have to drink
2: in this world right like <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like <laughs> come Beer on and, man. Wine. Like, and um well, what's the thing that uh grandmaster drinks the milk, the milk ice coffee. milk or whatever uh, no
0: well, well, like Bolton drinks hipocras, uh, yeah. which is a kind of wine, I think, right? Maybe he likes fermented mare's milk, like the Dothraki. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it's <that's> delicious. <laughs> I thought it was like you know Cersei, like I can't fathom this concept of not drinking. Yeah, I think that was what they were going for with that. But yeah, I think it does fit with his sort of his sort of like self-effacing aesthetic. Like he he foregoes, but but I guess it was supposed to be sort of endearing too. That like oh I do, I just don't have a taste for it. I can't my stomach can't handle it kind of thing which of course is immediately juxtaposed with with his with his underlings beginning their crusade of rounding up people and killing people and generally causing lots of trouble as they invade little Fingal's brothel as as often done <laughs> despite the protests of of olivar and rounding up people specifically the people that are that are i guess you know like they see as sexual deviance you know the men having sex with men and that is a big issue for them here and eventually of course this culminates with capturing loris and bringing him to the sept did bother anyone else when the gold cloaks just turn their backs to like
4: obviously crimes are being committed like it's not like they're handing out justice they're just like destroying
0: shit i actually kind of like that because i i mean maybe it wasn't necessary but i thought it did underscore that that this was being done with the the crown's permission or at least cersei's permission you know Tommen doesn't really have any any part to play here as we soon find out and and yeah i think that i thought that was cool of establishing that 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 they're not involving themselves intentionally and it was a very explicit proof of that i like that actually
1: at this point in the novels who is the commander of the gold cloaks
0: uh oh it's not adam Adam marbrand yeah marbrand that sounds right he's
1: in the no, he's in the Riverlands already with Jamie. Oh, oh yeah, that's
0: right. But I don't know.
4: <laughs> no idea.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Don't be well, in the show. Just... I'm kind of surprised the show just doesn't make Mace Tyrell.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you get to be commander of the Gold Cloaks, too. That's two things with gold involved in your... Like, like, I am colors. very good at inspiring men. Yep. <laughs> it's Carl's uh,
4: Carl Tanner's brother. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, the yeah. He's, he's
0: a fucking legend <laughs> as well.
4: So, right. That makes
3: sense. I'd say Lancel is pretty lucky that right when they got there, Loras was just... Putting down his sword and shield, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and taking everything off to get arrested. Yeah, these so guys are, actually fighting.
4: were not those supposed to be his squires or something, and loyal to like uh, House Tyrell? Like, they
0: didn't do anything. I think they just didn't know how to react because this is so unfounded. This wait, situation.
4: Yeah, it's
2: it's like, wait, what is going on? Is this like, you know, like w- like where are the kin cameras? You know what I mean? Like, is this seriously happening?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that that was pretty much the reason for that. I think that it, that they they would if they had been prepared and knew what was going on, they would have probably resisted. In some capacity, and I think they easily could have. I don't think these guys, as they are being represented right now, are that scary of a military force. Besides strength of numbers, because they're you know they're just in robes and stuff and and grabbing people and knives and things like that. I don't I don't think they if there was some like dedicated resistance to their efforts that they would be that successful. Yeah, like anyone fighting back. Yeah, <laughs> they're just you know causing havoc in the streets and rounding people up. So yeah, so yeah. Did, what are some more thoughts on this whole sequence and the way the show is handling this setup with the, the high Sparrow and the faith taking control.
5: Well, uh, they needed to do uh, show us very quickly that uh, these people are scary. Yeah, and then to do that, they used the, the 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 various cuttings and cutouts. And I don't know, uh, yeah. people either find this really effective, which I've read several reviews saying that it's really effective, or they find it somewhat cheesy. And I don't know.
1: It's like straw-manning religious zealotry. So.
0: Yeah, it's kind of it taking all the stereotypes that that we kind of expect, you know, like carving symbols into their head and you know uh, and of course the emphasis on 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 you know homosexual people, sexual deviance. That that's not really what what's going on in the books and that is what the route they chose to go with the show.
5: I mean, they they're trying to they're trying to cut down care first of all characters cuz yeah. in the books there's so many different like the, the street cattle blacks. Yeah, so we
0: don't have all these people that we can see Joe that,
5: yeah. that they can yeah. But in, in the show, none of those characters exist, and they have, the show has no inclination to introduce all of these idiots. So they just use Loris.
0: And... Yeah, and, and we knew this was going to happen, right? We knew mm-hmm. that this is the way they were planning to go, I, and they set it up just fine. I, I don't know. It, it does feel a little bit cheap, and I, I just—it's not, not something I'm eager to see represented. Like, I'm just it makes me feel—you know—it's just like uh, I don't really. This is not. Yeah, I don't like it. But but it's it, it's you know it's effective, like you said, and uh, it it will definitely you know. It, at the very least it makes us not even if we had these sort of like oh this high this spare guy is not so bad we we know now uh, that he is pretty bad
4: <laughs> that he is yeah I wouldn't bad. like to see them like try that shit when uh, Oberyn was in the brothel that would be yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would be, yeah, they, be awesome. ha-
2: they had to do something with Loris after they didn't make him a Kingsguard like so there's there's no him going to Dragonstone, Dragonstone it's like yeah, you have to yeah. do something to
0: put him in peril right true, so, yeah, that's I true. guess it
2: makes sense I just I just didn't really like the concept just
0: I don't know. True. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I, I just I'm vaguely like, uh, this is just. Yeah, but I, I don't. It's like have religious,
2: religious people don't like them, them gays. Yeah, you know, yeah like, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, like in the books, it's it's there's it's just it's not really like. A, a big deal you know but there are people that are clearly like oh yeah everyone knows like what he's into but as long as he marries and you know you know produces offspring you know for his line no one really cares right like mm-hmm. no one's going around like trying to round people up and kill them mm-hmm.
4: yeah apparently deuteronomy is in a uh, seven point star or whatever the book is <laughs> I for Victor- it. <laughs> victorian's not a big fan of the gay
0: prostitutes He dumped them overboard true but he's victorian so yes. <laughs> there's <laughs> so, yeah. a horse Bay number. <laughs> we do have some examples but this is definitely the most explicit at least very least association with with the faith with hardline religion in in Restoros, um the, the you know the seven gods and all that, that that they do have a problem with this so we move to the the scene where tommen's just enjoying his breakfast just having a good time and marjorie comes in and tells him he needs to take action because of course loris has been imprisoned he's the king he should do something about this and Tom's like oh right <laughs> i'm the king i should do something about this. And he goes first to Cersei to try to figure out what's going on, try to vaguely get her to do something about it, but she denies any involvement whatsoever. And, and then goes to talk to the High Sparrow himself uh, on her suggestion, and he is turned away by the men at the gate. Uh, you know, they cite that he is praying, and obviously he can't be disturbed. And uh, the the Kingsguards say they'd be willing to cut through them, but, but Tom, in gentle heart that he is, doesn't want any violence. But uh, he does get some some you know calls that he's he's an abomination. So so they yeah, definitely that pushing. From? I that. thought I thought they liked him more than Joffrey, and they like Merge Tyrell. So. Well, I think these are the sparrows, right? And, and uh, this is part of their thing, right? That the, the mm-hmm. they see him as a you know another form of, of well, at least with Cersei and Jamie, another form of sexual deviance, and they see him as as the byproduct of such a, a disturbing thing, right?
5: right? and that is established in the in the in the books that the yeah. the fave militants hate incest.
0: Yeah. <laughs> a, lot. They, a they, lot they sure do
2: <laughs> like the Targaryens even for a long time they were But like isn't that why they part of the reason why they went away in the first place
0: probably Yeah, uh, I imagine that played some role that they just were butting heads too much with the monarchy as they already are immediately
2: <laughs> yeah, I was like were, look I'm gonna marry my sisters and you guys need to just shut up about it well they were at like super
3: war with Maegor the Cruel and then right. they kept being at war until jahari's the conciliator <laughs> fixed it
0: not yep. just a regular war, but super war. <laughs> That's the only kind of war that make her the cruel fights. <laughs>
3: it was kind of sad to see how quickly Tom and went from the best days of his life, everything is perfect, all things are rosy, yeah. to wow, everything's falling apart. My mom, my wife, everyone's mad at me. These people are calling me abomination. I can't do anything right.
0: I definitely or, felt bad Tana. for him. You know, we're sort of we're sort of predisposed to disliking the Lannisters from the outset. But Tommen, of course, is such a you know he's a he's a good guy. I don't want him to I don't want him to have to deal with this shit.
3: And how oblivious he was to so that anything was wrong to begin with. He thought everything's going so swimmingly.
4: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I like how uh, Marjorie's just like fuck this. I'm calling up the Queen of Thrones.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I am hyped. <laughs> if she's coming back for real, like yeah, awesome. I like, can't wait.
5: <laughs> More players in a game? Yeah, baby. Maybe she's the one who turns the the the, the, the chair against Jersey. Here's the table, on I me. Mean. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That yeah that could be. Yeah, I think that makes sense. That'd be a cool way of handling it. We do, of course, get the last scene where Tommy comes back and, and tells Marjorie, oh, I did uh, nothing." <laughs> and she, of course, is further upset by this and realizes that Tom, despite her efforts to wrest control of him, he's not doing much for her. Which I think she maybe should have realized earlier on that he, that he, despite his position, just has no actual you know effective influence over anything.
4: Yeah, I think he'll find motivation when, you know, the booty f-
0: faucet is uh, closed. and uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely what has happened. So maybe we'll see Tom and kick it in- into action here. I don't know. Let's go ahead and move to the wall where we, we have more interlude type stuff with with uh, Jon Snow trading in the yard. Solis, Stannis, and Melisandre look on. Melisandre, of course, a few extra lingering looks there. Celise talks about how Shireen is terrible and <laughs> as she does and, you know, doesn't want her around and etc. Stannis, uh, you know, has this discussion with Melisandre, says that he needs her. That's kind of an important establishment that he will take her with him to Winterfell. Also Melisandre mentioning that, that, that despite her scars, Shireen still has a king's blood, whatever that Yeah, that's a big womp (laughs) womp. And it's kind of the tempering of the, of course, the epic moment we get with Stannis later with Tree. I'm like, um, this is not gonna end well. <sighs> with that stuff in scope. Yeah,
4: Celice is like the worst mom ever. Yeah. Yep. I mean, she's just awful. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> and it's it's a little bit odd that she's all about, oh, I've only given you weakness and deformity when Shireen wasn't like born that way. She just got that disease later. So yeah. it's not uh, like that, uh, it was Celice's fault that she birthed a, a monster or anything.
0: That was interesting that that's a change, right? Uh, she's born with grayscale, I think, or some well, we predisposition. Predis- disp- uh, yeah. I guess we don't know. But I, I assume that it was kind of some pre disposition to grace i don't know how that works i don't know anything (laughs) but yeah i i I, that's strange that is strange that it was something that came later but i guess it's more the fact that she's like she's a girl i guess you know and she never bore him a son i think that's part of it yeah i think so yeah yeah
4: because there's no way she could get it
0: at birth unless like salise has like grayscale of the labia or something true true enough All right, so we move to the scene where John is signing letters, you know, calling for aid in whatever capacity he can from the Northern Lords. Um, Sam hands him a letter... To, to ask aid from Ruse bolton uh john at first is not into this obviously he's not the biggest fan of Roose, but is eventually convinced you know the the night's watch as we as has been firmly established only have like 50 dudes so they need some more <laughs> uh i like the duncan egg Nod, uh, ed nod to uh
4: lord ashford oh yeah mm. yeah and also uh, is that he's not in the north though i guess they're generally calling for i think it. they're going for everywhere. Yeah, everywhere yeah and also i really like the fact that they just Show Sam as like being able to stand up for himself and like be like, no, like you know,
0: I'm not a pussy anymore. Like, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's it's probably good advice. Though I don't think that that any aid is going to be coming, <laughs> for at least from Bruce. Or anyone, because things I mean, of course are-, are so serious in the north. In, in other ways, he already gave him Locke, and look what happened to that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> very true. <laughs> and then, of course, we have Melisandra coming on in, uh, furthering the efforts between her and Stannis and Davos to get John to, to abandon the Night's Watch and come with them. Though she has some more, some more effective, potentially negotiation <laughs> tactics. Of course, putting on the moves. On John, you know, showing off life in all its grandeur, and uh, it looks like John might be convinced at first, but he eventually is able to to hold off. John, you know, maintains his his oath.
2: Like. Like, winter is coming, and, like, she just dresses so that, like, at a moment's notice, she oh, well, to, like, bomb. She has the fire like, inside
3: fire. her. Yeah, <laughs> she has for the cold. The pull strings on her, all her clothes, that they can
2: fall off at any moment. Yeah, like, like do I need clothes in the next five minutes, is, like, the thought in her head.
0: Mm-hmm. It's weird to me, I, that the fact that, in, I mean, this is kind of true in the books as well, that she's her sexuality is so emphasized, it seems like that's everything that she's doing. That's not bad, I guess, but I don't know, it's kind of like, I, I I wish there was more going on here than that.
3: So you think she was trying to get John to make a shadow baby with her? Or she I, I think trying so. To entice she, him. I think so.
0: She does say yeah. about shadows, like she says yes. that you have power of, in you that you're not tapping, uh, which is interesting comment. Uh, I don't know what she means by that, but, but I guess there is. Yeah. Did she mean type. like warg power or like King's blood power? Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I think that it's just <laughs> ambiguous power. And I think it's some association with whatever his role as, you know, Zoraheim roller type stuff. Maybe great, great core what, what? strength, good ab work. Yeah, good abs. Work.
2: <laughs> does she, does she like want to send the shadow baby to Winterfell? Like, what?
0: That is, seemed is that to be the implication that, that they would kill Roose with it, right? Right. Right. She even drops the uh, Winterfell. Uh, he has knowledge of Winterfell. Yeah, the tunnels. tunnels now, yeah. I'm yeah. Like, oh. yeah. There you go. Yeah, I thought I thought that John dodged a bullet there, not having to do the the shadow baby consummation. I Six. like
4: how he's like, uh, "What are you gonna do? Show me visions in your fire or something?" And she's like, "Nope, just my tits." <laughs> <laughs> yep as the cabinet
3: behind john shakes as ollie masturbates furiously
0: <laughs> <laughs> i was wondering where he was this episode yep. i guess that staying
1: works. out of sight yep changing yep. his pants is it thomas on the forums who's of the opinion that there's already been a shadow baby spawned
4: yeah i believe i believe so you mean, you mean in the books
0: yeah 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 i think yeah
4: Yeah, because there's some, like, line, like, where she's looking in the fire and she feels it, like, running down her leg or something, and it's, like, similar to the shadow
0: that she birthed The descriptions of
4: her her physical, like, feelings of when she had the
3: shadow baby, and then later it's the same description of she's doing other stuff.
0: That's not with John, though, because we would have seen that. Obviously, I think, right? or maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> I don't it just think... happened in between some yeah. of his point of view chapters. I don't, don't need to see everything with John. <laughs> yeah, it's not that important. Yeah, I guess that I guess that is some proof. The, the other interesting thing is in terms of differences um, from the book and the, the show is I thought that she kind of wrote John off in the book. She was kind of not seeing him as someone with any potential to do anything. Is that accurate?
4: Really? I, I feel like the opposite, because she's always like, any,
0: a, everywhere I look, I I see is stuff. Yeah, but she like, seems to not want she, to recognize she, that. Or yeah, every, she's trying not to believe it. Yeah, like exactly. That's that was my interpretation. That he's important. Whereas here, she seems to think that he does have some, maybe not as a Zorahai, she still seems to think that's Stannis, but she thinks he has some power. And uh, there's a lot here about, about John and, and things with him in terms of backstory, of course. We'll get you know, more of that. Think about Stannis saying that that's not Eddard Stark's not way. Eddard Stark's way. That is definitely that, one, one instance of that yeah yeah there's a lot of nudging towards that mm-hmm. those yep. uh, theories i wonder what they're gonna do with that and if it something is coming up soon i i guess we'll have to see all right so we of course get probably everyone's favorite scene I, maybe i'm presuming at least my favorite scene of the episode with with shireen going to stannis and uh you know asking him if if he you know if he is ashamed of her, which is, if not heart-wrenching enough, he then tells the story of how she contracted Grayscale. And it's like this awful, like, circumstance where, obviously, it wasn't born to happen. It was just, you know, this this twist of fate, though. I think, I think what it's implying is that this was deliberate, right? That the traitor had some intention to... And the traitor was from Dorne, right? Yeah, from right. Dorne.
4: So, a couple things in like the past couple uh, scenes, just to go back for a second that really distract me is when Melsandra and John are talking. All I could think of is like that visual thing. Is it like two faces looking at each other, or is it a cup? Like, that was really distracting to me. And then sure. this and, and then this part, all I thought about is the South Park episodes where the Indians are rubbing the Asians into blankets to spread SARS. So, like, all I pictured was a Dornishman, like, going to the stone men and rubbing, like, a doll on their face or something.
3: I have a feeling those are very unique concerns that nobody else was sharing with you. Uh,
2: well, that, that, well, that was sort of my... Put them, them. Like, on the I was like, oh, it's like a... You know, it's like they brought, they brought over a tainted blanket, like...
0: Yeah, I, uh, my impression was that it was deliberate, which is you know awful, and I guess that shows whatever degree of uh, which, of animosity I guess there is between Baratheon and and, and uh, Dorn people.
2: And just like why Stanis well, distrusts so many people, like a yeah, little bit more. Of that?
0: Yeah, that was good actually. I thought that was a cool thing of a thing to establish. Well, it kind of reminded,
4: uh, also kind of referenced like um, Amin's Dornish letter theory. Do you think that Dorn was like we're gonna give you grayscale? Like they just have like some. Sp- Special poison over there, like some grayscale
0: vial. That yeah, they have really, the strain of grayscale yeah. locked away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's like smallpox or something. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I, I I don't know who this this traitor could have been acting with. Like if he was acting alone or whatever. And whatever thing was driving this action. But but I do think that whoever it was, it was a well the killing thing. of Aloya, right? If Stance is on oh. is on uh, Dragonstone, that means it's after the rebellion. Mm-hmm. So. I think Doran had plenty yeah, of... Yeah, sure, they had, yeah, bone to pick. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. So, yeah, really cool scene here. And just, you know, Stannis makes the claim, you know, like, you're my daughter, you're Princess Shireen, and, you know, I'll stick with you. But and but the thing that, that's, that has been nagging with me with this that I don't think everyone's recognizing is that is this going to hold up if Melisandre asks it for her is he gonna say no yeah it's gonna be i hope so (laughs) yeah it's interesting to have this and then of course have the moment where he does say like i you're i'm with you melisandre you know earlier on and it just it's it's gonna be ugly whatever happens yeah i think
4: uh stannis is like father of the year for this uh for the season until jamie rescues uh marcella (laughs) (laughs) you know if if he rescues when no i'm going with when sure (laughs) Hopefully. Also, uh, the hug scene was
0: just priceless. Yep. Yeah. My it was great. Good- doesn't <laughs> hug her, <and laughs> then he's finally, yeah. He's like, wrong. "What is this? What? What? What am I feeling right now in my <laughs> chest? I, <laughs> I don't understand." <laughs> that was pretty. It
3: awesome. was nice how they mixed in some comedy with the emotional about how she's first like. I don't think that i was supposed to be here. And then why would you think that? Well, that's what my that's what, uh, mom said. She, just, I don't lie you here. That was really funny how yeah. she just pointed like that. And then when she moved, it's the, like the boats and the Bolton thing. He gets up and he has to move them back to
4: where they were. Yep. On the yep. Table. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. I like how uh, boredom is a lack of resourcefulness. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that, seemed, that seems to make sense for Stannis's character. That he would that he would have internalized that particular message. Yeah, I thought it was a really genuine and really just heartfelt scene. One of my favorite scenes of Game of Thrones so far. Really well acted and just really good in all accounts. Like you guys are saying, there's just a lot of cool just elements going on to make it a really awesome scene. And, I, and like I say, I just want want to enjoy it in isolation but i'm just concerned <laughs> i'm concerned yeah, of what's going to happen i don't even the like and i love this scene yeah the problem is the show doesn't want to let you be happy so, so i'm just i'm not ready to just accept this and, and uh, the show and george come on true very true
4: <laughs> but yeah this is like uh one of those scenes where it's like you know the old veteran cop's like okay one more time i'll go back but then it's retirement and living with my family and being all happy and it's like no this is not gonna end well for you friend yeah
5: it's the uh, later scene you're talking about though
4: well both (laughs) oh yeah potentially (laughs) yeah yeah, I guess you do get that a couple times, you know, with Brawn, too, where it's like, ah, I'm gonna die in my bed, like, very old, watching my sons fight over my inheritance.
0: It's like, nope. Yeah, going back to that for a second, you can't help but think that that's potentially, you know, misdirection foreshadowing for whatever his fate is gonna be. That is not that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think we can safely say no matter what, that's probably not how he's gonna end up. No, maybe. I don't know. He's a lord now. Or a knight. That's always nice. All right, so let's go ahead and move to Winterfell, where we get this scene with Sansa wandering around the crypts little appearing from the shadows in the creepiest little finger way possible to tell a story about a young girl who was kidnapped and it was the start of something totally cool and not weird and uncomfortable and and bad <laughs> of course <laughs> And this is the story of, of Lyanna Stark and Rhaegar Targaryen and, and the the Year of the False Spring and the Tourney in Hall which is, you know, obviously a super awesome story in the book that we finally get to see in a show. You know, it's Littlefinger telling Sansa it. Maybe not what we expected, but, but we get it. And of course, this is another instance of, of pr- potential, and probably the most explicit instance, a potential setup for revealing Jon Snow's true parentage. Yeah,
4: so I like how in the beginning, it's like, previously on Game of thrones King Robert uh, putting a yeah. feather into And then she picks it up. Yeah. Yep.
0: That was pretty sweet. Uh, Yeah.
4: (laughs) Kind of. You know.
0: I thought it was under the subtlety of it was undercut slightly by the preview, but this is a thing (laughs) they have to do, obviously, to you know set up what's going to happen in the episode. But yeah, that was pretty a pretty cool thing to keep in there. I bet most show watchers don't even remember King Robert anyway,
4: so. (laughs) 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 Yeah, they need you to notice their cleverness. Exactly. They would to put in the
3: effort without people noticing. Exactly.
0: All right, so th- uh, thoughts on this whole, you know, this way of revealing this information and just this dynamic between Littlefinger and Sansa? Just uh, Sansa,
4: again, is ba- basically telling... Or, uh, sorry, Littlefinger is telling Sansa just to, like, seduce Ramsay, and that'll make it all better? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, you know how to control people, and he, like, looks down at her tits again <laughs> and <Yeah>. gives <laughs> that creepy kiss.
0: Uh, Littlefinger... Uh, Yep. Uh, yeah I don't think that's gonna work out <laughs> I don't think that no I don't think so either Ramsey's the seducible type
5: I mean in a very general sense you can see where he's going yeah so basically you, you 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 win either way either Stannis wins and everything is fine or you take over Ramsey but you know if you think hard about it there are plenty of holes in this plan uh, like what if, if, if Stannis, Stannis right does, if like, Stannis uh, doesn't even know what Stannis looks like
0: exactly and he might see her as a traitor <laughs> for whatever reason it seems like a Stannis kind of thing to do though maybe not maybe I I, I, I'm not as predisposed to Stannis as most people, so maybe I'm not giving him enough credit. Though I also didn't really give Littlefinger enough credit. I was talking about this last episode. I guess that he he does genuinely think that things are going to work out for Sansa, or at least that's what he, what he's saying. Of course, you can never know with Littlefinger, but he seems to be convinced that that Stannis is going to help things.
4: So you wrote in the show notes, which I also agreed was like the wardeness of Winterfell. Well,
0: yeah, <laughs> not the wardeness like?
4: of the North or the Lady of Winterfell. Yeah, like why can't she
0: be Lady Stark of Winterfell? What is prohibiting that title <laughs> like why does right. it have to be wardeness of the north and it's and just this re- weird thing the show does where it seems to glorify the warden title where in the books it feels like a very minor honor that doesn't really mean much right so, it's just sort of like someone's always had that title so whatever it's associated with your lordship and it, yeah, yeah yeah like a certain seat is just like
2: that's what comes with the job
1: well it's a purely military title yes. that the king bestows so that the
0: state of war is declared like the warden is the chief military commander mm-hmm. but that that's my understanding of it so that's kind of strange that that would be the one highlighted for Sansa I mean I'm not saying she couldn't be a military commander but I'm, I just it's weird that that, that lady Stark was foregone in favor of it.
2: wouldn't wouldn't all of this have gone over a little better if like they had talked about you know like like succession rules in Dorne and all that like they'd laid that groundwork yeah probably
5: <laughs> yeah but but that's too way too much exposition.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> there there might have been some way of presenting that in a, you know, in a in a compelling way but yeah, I guess that definitely is kind of a, a slog to establish. Oh,
5: so throw uh, a spear at someone wants you say that.
2: <laughs> Let
0: me tell you yeah. the story about how in Dorne women have have,
5: you
2: know, well, I mean, last season when, when Oberon gives that line where he's like, you know, oh, well, we don't hurt little girls in Dorney. Like, in fact, we, uh, you know, we allow them to rule.
0: <laughs> that would have been not the best way to do
4: no, it. No, that would have been. By <laughs>
0: the way. <laughs>
2: Just throw it in there, why not? I guess.
4: So what do you guys think Littlefinger is going to King's Landing to actually do? Like, what was requested of him? I, I think I, Cer- Cersei perhaps wants
1: evidence to, to against the Tyrells for whatever
0: yeah, just just to have someone on her side who is clever and cunning and can help her out with points.
1: She wants a
3: security video from his brothel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, didn't wasn't the impression that like she she got wind of what he was doing up there and was like get back here now? Well, she didn't even know where he was. She thought he was still in the Vale. But yeah. and then but how did she get word to him in Winterfell? Like she sent it to the Vale and then a rider went and the forwarded it to Winterfell. Cuz things take like no time in this world. Yep.
0: <laughs> maybe
2: maybe she she wants to blame him for something i mean she just tore his brothel down yeah so
0: she didn't do it she's not involved
2: she right right about right that. her hands are clean <laughs> yes
0: and yeah the final moment yeah is that little finger is departing uh, that that i guess the wedding is coming up because that's probably going to happen soon and sansa's on her own here whatever help may be rendered in the future by brienne and pod and maybe theon too We'll see. Not looking forward to it. <laughs> Whatever yeah. they're gonna do. So um, let's move to yeah the last bit we get in the episode. Marine where shit goes down, of course. So we open here with with Danny standing atop the pyramid, looking out at her city. It looks pretty peaceful there, as it, it as it typically does. Obviously, a kind of an illusion. And she's talking to Barristan, who tells a story about Rhaegar Targaryen. Of course, I think count it third or fourth mention of Rhaegar or. Er, something with that kind of thing in the episode so definitely a big deal definitely sort of one of the emphasis is in the episode and how he's not a bad dude he's saying to the commons you know gave money away to various people got drunk seemed like a pretty cool guy mm-hmm. i have a hard yeah. time seeing him as
4: just like a troubadour or like walking down the street singing but whatever
0: well yeah i think i don't think that's that that is the way he did it i think like held court kind of well yeah held court i just i imagine sort of like a more he's not he's not like like fun and outgoing he's just like he's like this this figure who's solemn and 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 singing beautiful songs
4: well i mean they mentioned at the books like during feasts he would sing but like not just like i'm gonna take a stroll and you know sing along yeah. Well, he would go sit in the ruins of Summerhall and play his harp. Yeah. Flute, so, the, so
0: that, that image of it codifies my understanding of, of Rhaegar is that it's not like happy, you know, go lucky. I'm going to go sing to the people. It's like, I'm going to sing. It's going to be beautiful and heart-wrenching and, and stuff like that.
4: So do you think the people are just like, oh, yeah, listen to this rich fucker sing about all his problems?
0: <laughs> well, <Barish laughs> does say he had to be around so they wouldn't kill him. So <laughs> there's definitely some, some, some of that, I'm sure. But I think that the, I guess what it's establishing at, at the least, if, if there's not genuine love, for him it's that he wasn't a bad dude he was a cool dude which of course is juxtaposed with Sansa's understanding of him and he was a rapist and you know cruel you know the pretty much the story that Robert has been espousing yeah well I mean that's that's the really the great thing from the books is that like
2: everyone that you know basically whenever we hear Rhaegar mentioned it's except for by Robert and, you know, a bit from the Lannisters, like, it's pretty positive. Like, oh, yeah, everyone liked him. He was a nice guy. He was a great night. He was. And like, early, we don't get as much of that here on the show, but it's kind of nice for them to bring it back up and be like, you know, he, he I don't know, he, he raped you. I don't know. That's not really something that he would do.
0: That's very true. And I, I like that they're finally sort of making this point in the show. And I think that it's obviously going to be important with John. And yeah, so we get this nice moment with, with old Selmy and Selmy. And we move to the scene where, of course, Dario informs... Danny, that there's a lot of people waiting outside to meet her at court, and she goes down. Of course, the fir- first being his Darza Lork, who is wanting to open the fighting pits as as he is wont to do. But the big thing this establishes is that Dario says that you know I'm cool with guarding Danny. You don't need to be here, barriston So he goes out for a stroll in <laughs> the, in town, yep. <laughs> and uh, in the meantime, we have <laughs> this random brothel that I feel like people shouldn't be going to anymore. I feel like it should have a bad reputation at this point, <laughs> where a bunch of people are killed by sons of the harpy. They run away and, and a patrol of, of, of unsullied hear about it and go chasing after them. They are ambushed in an alley place. I don't know what you would describe it as. They are severely outnumbered and surrounded and and picked apart. And you know, there's I think the understanding of this is that there's various skirmishes going on around the city where unsullied are being killed off. And we get a shot of the uh whore of the harpy. Yeah. Yeah. She's everywhere. <laughs> she's the harpy, obviously. That's the <laughs> She, she's
2: she's really one of the graces in
0: disguise. I yeah, um, Maybe. I don't know what's going on with her, but she's clearly she's clearly one of the, the faces of our, of the Sons of the Harpy in the show. So, yeah, we get this scene, you know, our final big scene where, where the Unsullied are ambushed. They're taken down by this group of, of Sons of the Harpy. Barristan shows up after hearing that there's some kind of commotion. He tries to help out, you know, takes down a bunch of them, but is eventually brought low. Narrowly avoids having his throat slit with Grey Worm, who is still standing, you know, saves the day. Why is the Commandant of the Unsullied? Sullied, just around this little patrol, because <laughs> yeah. he has a face that we recognize, of course. <laughs> right. At right.
3: first, I was very underwhelmed with the fighting prowess of the Unsullied, where they're supposed to be so famed and renowned that I thought they should have been able mm-hmm. to do more and form formations and like back against a wall and hold the random dudes at bay. But eventually, looking back on it, it seems like just wave after wave after wave. No matter mm-hmm. how many guys you kill, they're going to keep coming. I've kind of made peace with it, but yeah. it still seems like my understanding of the sons of the harpy is that they're just kind of like ex-masters. And yes, some of them may have been figurehead warriors and stuff, but they wouldn't be you just using small knives to fight dudes with shields and spears. Just seems so.
4: Un- the small knife thing pissed me yep. off so much. <laughs> yeah.
5: Well, I mean, it's but street fighting. This is this is they're, they're literally brain, brain. I mean, s-
4: some of them had slightly larger. Like, yeah, you know, short swords. So, but none of the unsullied had their short swords. Yeah, that that like yeah. that pissed it, me was, off too. This was, was set like up what the fuck is failure. going?
2: They 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 catch them in that corridor, and it's like it happened so quickly. But you figure if they could have, you know, rounded up in formation, like they were surrounded on both sides. But if they could have rounded up real quick, like they would have done a lot better. But you got five guys on you and you have one spear like that was basically the problem with this fight
4: yeah uh, it yeah i think like one of the first deaths that we see like when they get trapped in that little corridor the guy just like slits his throat like gets inside close enough to slit his throat with like a fucking like five inch blade and like this doesn't make any sense yeah, it was yeah, the guy who's just fighting with his shield his arm. <laughs> right
5: well, here's yeah. another thing though um we are we, talking about the, the 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 fighting pits so these people could potentially just be people who are out of work because of the fighting pits it's got closed
3: dress them up in the fancy robes of the rich dudes
5: well
2: yeah rich rich dudes paid them to do it yeah Yeah,
3: but they should still wear like some armor or something if they're gonna go do some brawling
2: but But it could be
5: under yeah they're undercover though they got some under armor
0: (laughs) 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 it wicks sweat away better (laughs) sons of the harpy endorsed by under armor
5: it's also easier to just move around the city yeah and become be less Obvious, wearing normal master clothes. So normal
3: master clothes with big golden masks isn't very. <laughs> it's odd. not very. Good but they gotta hide the
5: mask. <laughs> yeah, they probably didn't wear the mask when they were running around. Also, they only saw, wear the mask in tunnel.
2: You saw all the people running away. Like that's that's what drew Barrison into the area, right? So they clearly these people came out of they came out of somewhere. They must have been waiting for the patrol to show up maybe they were hiding in a building and then they just all
0: yeah i think that that makes sense in terms of it it being like believable and making sense there is definitely some qualms there i think that the unsullied maybe didn't get as much of a badass moment as we kind of expect uh, i think there's some points that can be made to sort of sort of try to make sense of it first of all of course the fact that i think that by my estimation they were severely outnumbered surrounded mm-hmm. you know that's going to be a huge problem obviously and the way they uh, that i guess that we think that they could have handled excuse me handled that is, is to form some kind of formation like a phalanx or something but I, I but i don't think that they had enough men to properly do one you know like dealing with all angles and and i think that Part of it could be that that the fact that you know unsullied are are trained to, to follow orders they don't they don't they aren't trained to take their own initiative and, and maybe gray worm or something like because he's the commander he he froze up or something and, and didn't have time to get them in, in a proper form. yeah mm-hmm. looking at it now there's only eight of them yeah right. it's like eight to twenty so it's pretty uh,
5: more than that so. right more than that because yeah yeah gray worm himself killed like thirteen of them and, and then well, there's only eight 13 unsullied. More. unsullied yeah
0: so there's, but, eight, uh, there's
2: like eight unsullied and there's like 15 people on each side of them they literally got they Zerg wanna, rushed even yep. if they didn't want to kill all
3: the they couldn't didn't have to kill like all the sons of the harpy even though they ended up doing that but they could have just locked their shield and just charged through the guys right in front of them and then just run through the alley and leave
0: or just backed yeah. into an into the smaller alley and like just held that position or something yeah. yeah
3: but I guess just the narrative reason they're supposed to die so they have to die True. and yep. they can kill some people on the way I guess
0: yeah, the the bigger qualm with me was with this, and then eventually with Barristan. Was that it was just filmed kind of awkwardly. Like there was lots of cuts, mm. and and it, it was just like everyone was kind of flailing. Besides besides Barristan and Grey Worm, they were the only ones that seemed to have any idea of what they were doing for the most part as fighters. And and the fact that the, the that the sons of the harpy like rush that rush Barristan one by one. You know that's the stupid <laughs> thing that always happens, and, and this kind of thing. We're like, oh, let's let's go one by one. Surely that is the best strategy here. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're that's like they because they were one it. to everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, for everyone else, yeah. You know, they, they respect him. They want to. They want to <laughs> get the glory of killing. Yeah, you. yeah, you
2: yeah. Let me let me try him one on one. Yeah. <laughs> but I th- I think like the like the jump cuts and and the the shaky cam and stuff. That's just like. That's how action is shot these days, ninety yeah, percent of the time. True, sadly.
4: So lends itself to the chaos of the scene where it's like you're not yeah. sure what the fuck's going on. But yeah,
0: I guess the issue with it, I think the main thing a lot of people have an issue with is, well, first of all, it seems, especially given previews, that, that Barristan is dead as a result of this. And of course, the books we expect him to be doing more later and doing more cool stuff. And and if that's done, obviously that's disappointing. Barristan's a cool character. It's cool to see, you know, just his stalwartness as a fighter and stuff, and to see him. Right low like this. Well I think that that it was certainly glorious from my eyes. I can see why people would see it as inauspicious given all these things we mentioned with with the, the Sons of the Harpy being un, untrained, you know, just like less cool, you know, fighters. And and he, you know, he's killed without armor, without his shield and and yeah, I think that I can see why people have an issue with the Glorious Barristan. You know, you could cut through the entire Kingsguard, like carving a cake, and he's he's brought down here by, by Sons of the Harpy.
4: Well, I think that's the whole point. Like, he wasn't right. in armor, because even when he uh, fights the uh, pit fighter, like in uh, Hisdar's bedroom, like yeah. in Book 5, like he's wearing armor. And yeah. he's just like, that will catch whatever he's throwing at me. Like, I, all I have to do is aim for him. Mm-hmm. And I think when he says that to the Kingsguard, he's still in his Kingsguard armor, right? It, oh, no, he's not, because a naked knight it would seem.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well no. Well he's just taking off his greaves and like yeah, his, his grooves, cloak yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Well, the point
5: here is like again it's it's the same thing that the, the show has repeated this message over and over again. So the, the noble knight doesn't know, well, almost always lose to the to to, to, the left, to the people who are, yeah, to dirty fighters. Mm-hmm. And that, that was established all the way back in season one when Bronn beat whatever his name is in the veil.
0: Artist Egan. Yeah.
5: But I don't know if they really needed to make this point again with Barristan, but obviously they saw a narrative need to kill him now. I don't yeah. know what that need is because I haven't seen what's coming.
0: And I I kind of like think it's it makes sense. I think there's this issue that people have where they tend to glorify Barristan as, as and just this this notion right. of the badass fighter in general. And and the fact is that he he was plenty badass, but the fact is he is just one man. And with that those long odds, he's gonna be overwhelmed. He you know he's an old he's man old. too. Yeah, yeah. he's an old. Yeah.
2: man. And, I, and I'm I'm guessing this is just the easy fix for well now she's gonna have Tyrion and she'll have to accept him because he knows the ins and outs of where she wants to go. And she'll have to accept Jorah back because. She really needs him. Like I think it's just sort of a quick a quick way around those yeah, issues. Sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Needs Jorah, needs Tyrion. Do you think Grey Worm is dead? No. 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 They they've done too much setup
2: with his with his story to just kill him off yet. Mm-hmm. yeah I think, I I'm, think st- I'm still in denial about
4: Barristan actually yeah
0: it was weird it was weird the way they set it up because it makes you think he would, would have lived because it's set up like Grey Worm saved him right so why would he die then right
4: yeah there are some pretty big pools of blood underneath those bodies but like mm-hmm. I think someone already said that it's confirmed that Barrison's dead but Grey Worm yeah he's like on a
0: you know like he's gonna slap. get
4: nursed by Miss Andy or something mm-hmm. like that and I'll build up that storyline more I don't like it I think they should have both died <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay I'm fine with Great Worm being alive I like him
4: yeah but I, I think just to build up the Miss Sandy storyline like what else can he do it's, you know like I, I think it would have been better for them just to go both in battle like they're supposed to go But maybe there's a,
5: more battles coming up that he can go in that's true <laughs> That's <laughs> fair enough. Who knows at this point with the marine plot? It's completely. It's going to be completely different. Maybe the, the fighting pits, or well, that'll be the same. Otherwise,
3: did anybody think this made Dario look a little shady? That he was like, "Oh, you should go. I'm, <laughs> I'm fine. It's all taken care of. Mm-hmm. Just go for a walk and out into the violent streets." Like he knew what was going to happen, or something.
0: I didn't think of that, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't really I think, think
4: of that crazy. either. But that's a good point. <laughs> also, where was Barristan going? Just,
0: just for a, for a bar, or walking around. Yeah. He wasn't expecting trouble or he would have gone, you know, armored. He had his sword on him. Well, you just sword, but yeah, I mean, that's just, that's, that's a given, right? It is, yeah, it's yeah. a little bit strange. I I would have expected him, you know, B- Book Barristan probably would have had his armor on, <laughs> just in general. But that stuff is cumbersome, you know? You just want to let your, let yourself out a bit.
4: Yeah, but I like the fighting and everything, but he did look slow. Like, getting some younger guy in armor, where we see, like, the actor Barristan, like, put on his helmet, and then we don't really get <laughs> as close up of his face, and just see him, like, lightning fast, like, kicking, kicking Doing ass. Doing backflips, and... Then... and... yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: (laughs) 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 I would have liked a few backflips. (laughs) <laughs> that would have really added it to the scene for me. Yeah, I don't know. I, I doubt. I doubt even that 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 it was Barriston doing, or the actor who plays Barriston actually doing even that. But yeah, mm-hmm. it would have. I guess yeah, if we want to see epic, you know, glorious, graceful Barriston and not crap guys, that was fast. Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> we have so many less people. I think that that'll wrap it up for us for this week of Dragoncast. This was you know episode four, season five. We'll be back hopefully next week for episode five. I'm not going to be here, and I guess Greg's not going to be here either. So hopefully hopefully we can make that happen. We'll try our best if, if anyone is willing to step up and, and take the reins, do the editing, of course. That would be sweet, I think. Alright. So that's it guys. Thank you guys for joining me once again. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for listening. Anyone who's listening and we'll wrap it there. Yes. Alright. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Just imagine George being like, "All right, I need a name for the leader of Dorne." Um, let's just reorganize we'll just like, the
1: letters a bit. Drop an E, add an A. There was an era in Westeros where every sort of leader matched their.
0: Leader.
1: <laughs> Wesley Lannister. Winter Stark of Winterfell. Northrup <laughs> Stark.
4: <laughs> Do you think bronn's gonna make it?
2: Uh, I actually think so. They're, they're sending him. No. I, mean, I don't really look, care. Look, look he's got to come back to <laughs> lollies, okay? That's his one true love. You no, know, because
4: That's it's true. the
1: trope of, like, <sighs> we're just going to do one more job, man, one more job, and then we're out of the game, and then you die on that like, right. mission yeah, or whatever. Yeah, and,
2: well, maybe they'll, they'll not do that this time, yeah. you know? Maybe they're hey. trying to, they're trying to uh,
1: fake us into it.
4: Yeah. Like, trick us into thinking that's going. to
2: Maybe he does one more job and he goes and finds Tyrion because he's like, that's my
4: bro. Yeah, yeah. He's just gonna like end with uh, telling Jaime, be like, ah, tell Lollies I love her castle. <laughs> 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 oh, so I listened to the uh, full castle recording. Oh my god, awesome. it was so, so good, so Zach. Thank, Thank, you, Thank you, you so her. much.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Lucas. Hey. <laughs> <laughs>